0: cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with D. Crom. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you cats and kittens are. This is Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. Well, the NFL's annual summer lull has come to an end today. The Steelers and Cowboys held the first training camp practices of the 2021 NFL season, and by this coming Wednesday, training camps will be in full swing across the entire National Football League. And one team that's going to receive a lot of attention nationally is the Chicago Bears. With a promising young quarterback now in the fold, can the Bears surprise this season? Joining us to answer that question and a lot more is our good friend Jacob Infante of WindyCityGridiron.com. Welcome back to the show, Jacob. How are you? Thanks, David, I'm doing great. Uh,
1: like just as we were talking about before we hopped on, uh, I'm excited for training camp to kick off because uh, we've been in that kind of dead period between the draft and free agency and the start of the year. So I'm pumped, I'm pumped for these next couple of weeks co- to be able to actually have some uh, new practices to break down and whether that's substantial enough to come to a full conclusion on someone or not, uh, It's just fun to have something to talk about again. (laughs) That's for sure.
0: Oh, it most certainly is. And uh, I definitely cannot wait for this football season in particular, because this year it's going to be a relatively normal season compared to the one we had last year, because we actually get to go to the games in person if we want to.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I know I'm personally looking to go to a game or two this year. Uh, We'll have to see what happens with my schedule and all that, but I, I definitely missed hearing Uh, crowds in full capacity I think that brings a whole nother uh, layer to the game that was definitely missing last year and I remember watching so many Bears home games with nobody in them they have like the bear raid siren and everything and no fans to cheer on the team and everything so it's going to be a lot of fun I'm happy that uh, at least the great things are going that it's looking like it's going to be full capacity and fans are going to be able to go
0: Indeed, and without further ado, let's uh, talk about the 2021 Chicago Bears season. And We obviously talked a lot about Justin Fields in our NFC North Draft recap show, and since then, things are still yet to change with regards to who begins the season under center for the Bears. Matt Nagy said in an interview that the plan remains to have Andy Dalton begin the season as the starter. However, as you and I both agree, the option of starting Justin Fields right off the bat still must be on the table. So hypothetically speaking, should the quarterback competition between Justin Fields and Andy Dalton end in a tie with both training camp and preseason play accounted for? Should the tie go to Fields or Dalton? Uh, If it were up to me, I'd go with Fields simply because
1: if Justin Fields is playing as well as Andy Dalton, considering how experienced Dalton is at the NFL level and how inexperienced Fields is, then I think that shows a lot about Fields. And it shows more about him than it does about Dalton. So I think if if that's even a point where it's like, okay, we're tied here, I'd say tie goes to the rookie where you give someone who has a, a stronger arm, someone who's more athletic, someone who has the opportunity to open things up from play calling perspective for your offense. That's just what I would do. I'd give the tie to Fields. I don't know necessarily how the Bears, uh, if they'd agree with me, uh, I personally don't think they would, but if I were the one making the decision and Fields and Dalton were that close, I'd say just give it to Fields because of the massive uh, uptick in potential that he has over Dalton.
0: Indeed. And should Andy Dalton start week one, when is the earliest you think we see Justin Fields this season? Uh, I've been on saying
1: somewhere around that week four, week six range. I think that... Uh, The popular thing I'm going to say is, oh, after like right after week four, because that's how many games uh, uh, Mike Glenn got before Mitch Trubisky replaced him in the starting lineup. I don't know necessarily if they're going to go with that same route simply because I don't expect Dalton to be as bad as Mike Glennon was. Uh, I say I'm going to be I'm going to say week five or six uh, after that, because we're looking at that schedule. Sure, you got. Cincinnati and Detroit should be wins for the bears. I mean, anything can happen. And then Vegas is more or less a toss up. And then, but you got LA Cleveland and green Bay in those first six weeks. And that's a relatively easier part of schedule. Cause you look after that, you got Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pitts, Baltimore. Those are your next four games that you got. So if you don't have, record above 500 after that, then I think you have to make a change because if you're not able to say beat the Raiders or you get upset by the Bengals or Lions or anything, then I don't think that Dalton would be capable of being able to defeat some of those guys down the other teams down the stretch. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say after week five or six. uh, and, And again, like you mentioned, you know, you and I are both in that camp of Okay, we probably think Justin Fields should start week one, but I'm under the assumption that Dalton is going to start week one. So with that in mind, I think that he's going to get a
0: little bit longer of a leash than Mike Glennon, but not by much. Going to be interesting to see how it all turns out. And uh, to nobody's surprise, the Bears and star wide receiver Allen Robinson were unable to agree to a long-term contract extension before the July 15th deadline. Thus, Robinson will have to play 2021 under the franchise tag. What is your most educated guess as to Allen Robinson's future as a Chicago Bear at this point in time? If I had to guess right now, I'm leaning
1: towards the Bears keeping him on in the 2021 season keeping him around and I'll admit that even as as recently as a couple weeks ago I thought that the Bears would be able to work out a long-term extension with Allen Robinson my gut tells me that doesn't happen uh and maybe that's just the natural pessimist in me when it comes to the Bears but I feel like there's a lot of disconnect between the Bears and Allen Robinson regarding how much Allen Robinson's worth and now with Fred Warner and Darius Leonard uh, signing contract extensions i think Roquan Smith uh is going to be a guy that they're going to look prioritize resigning and considering how much of a, a stalemate the bears and allen robinson are at the bears might say okay well maybe this isn't working but we could also we could resign roquan and make that a priority and then they put allen robinson on the back burner so this isn't what I do by any means. I, I just want to put that out there. But I think that Alan Robinson plays a 2021 season on a tag, has a very good year. Uh, and then after that, either they franchise tag him again or they let him walk. And then they re-sign someone. They sign someone in free agency for like 10 to 13 million dollars who, you know, isn't bad, but isn't gonna replicate that production that A-rob had that's just my gut feeling right now. I don't really have a good feeling regarding this situation. Ask me again in like a month and that might change, but that's just where I'm at right now. I'm getting less optimistic. The Bears resigned Allen Robinson, which really, it stinks because I've I've been a big fan of his, like not even as just a Bears fan, but as someone who watches football and loves watching wide receivers specifically, just watching Allen Robinson play uh, but yeah, that's that's my gut at the moment. I think that a long-term extension might be tough to get to.
0: That is uh, unfortunate indeed, but hopefully uh, your pessimism is proven wrong uh, down the road. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Roquan Smith, and let's talk about him for a second. He is due for a contract extension in the very near future, and he showed why he was the eighth overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft last season. And that was a draft that was insanely talented at the linebacker position. And as you alluded to just yesterday, Fred Warner, one of the linebackers from that class, and in my opinion, the best inside linebacker in the NFL right now, received a blockbuster market setting contract extension from the 49ers, which was a five-year, $95 million deal with $40.5 million that guaranteed. And moreover, Colts linebacker Darius Leonard, as you mentioned, he is expected to receive an extension that is likely to exceed all those metrics sometime before the regular season. If Roquan Smith does what he did in 2020 this season, do the Bears give him a similar mega deal before week one of the 2022 season, even though he has a fifth-year option that those other two don't have?
1: I think they do. I think that uh, they wouldn't extend him this year. I think they still want to see one more year out of him because Roquan was good in his first two seasons, but he really stepped it up in 2020. So I bet they're looking to see, okay, can he do this again for another year? And if they do, then they'll, likely extend to a big contract because looking at that defense, they don't really have a long too many long-term young up and coming players. Like they've got Jalen Johnson who had a good rookie year, but other than that, most of their heavy producers are for older, like Khalil Max, North 30, uh, Keem Hicks as well. Uh, Robert Quinn, they spend a ton of money on him. He's over 30. Danny Trevathan's up there. Uh, and then Eddie Jackson's not 30. I don't know if I'd consider him young, but he's not old. He's in like that middle 20, twenty-eight range. He's still in the prime of his career, but he's not like 23, 24, anything like that. Roquan is one of the very few guys they have that fits that criteria. And I think that they're going to look to lock him up long term. I think that's going to be a big priority for them. And sure you can make the argument, okay, linebackers might not be as valuable as cornerbacks or edge rushers, but a good linebacker is a really valuable thing to have, like especially someone like Roquan, who can drop back into coverage and you know, take on tight ends in in coverage and out in the slot or potentially running backs out of the backfield. You know, someone who's that athletic with that tackle production and those instincts that he has. I think that's a guy who can help change a defense for the better. So that's my gut feeling. I think that uh, Roquan Smith, they already picked up the fifth-year option on him, but I think they're going to sign him to a contract extension before next year. Not before this year, or maybe not even during the year, but I think that by the time week one of
0: 2022 comes around, I think
1: that they'll have an extension in place.
0: And sticking with the Bears' defense for a moment, since they're out-of-this-world 2018 season, This Bears defense has still been solid, but nowhere near the dominance they showed that year. And this year, they are returning to the basic Vic Fangio system under new defensive coordinator Sean Desai. If you take that, plus Khalil Mack at full strength, he clearly wasn't 100% last season, a full season or close to a full season from Akeem Hicks, who can still play at a very high level despite being 32 years old, and a sophomore breakout campaign from Jalen Johnson. Will this 2021 Bears defense be the best the franchise has had since 2018?
1: You know, I think it's possible. I think that there's there's still a lot of talent in place, and I think that some people are a little bit uh, skeptical about it just because, oh, they're getting older, but they're still a good team. I, I mean, is that something to be worried about long-term, the fact they don't have a ton of really good young talent? Yeah, if we're talking like two, three years down the line, then that's something to consider. But for right now, they should still be an above-average unit. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about, honestly, is turnover production. And that's something that Vic Fangio's defense did a really good job of. And sure, I think that Vic Fangio's scheme is better than Chuck Pagano simply because Fangio is able to disguise coverages a lot better. And if Sean Desai fits that mold, I think he'll be able to do the same. But again, you can only do so much with scheme. I personally have my doubts about the cornerback position. Uh, Jalen Johnson had a, a good rookie year but he also is coming off of shoulder injuries he had surgery uh, again so I, I'm a little bit concerned about that I still think he's going to have a good year and take a step and play and potentially prove to be that cornerback one the Bears need but outside of that Desmond Trufant doesn't seem to be more than a one year rental Uh given his injury history of the last two years and him getting up there in age. I don't know if that's going to be the guy who sticks around as a starter the whole year. And then you've got Thomas Graham, Kendall, Vilder, and Duke Shelley. Now I have no idea what the bears are planning on doing with that. Who's going to start the nickel. Who's going to be a backup on the outside. Uh, But there's potential those guys, but at a certain point you have to, okay, all of them are day three picks. I think kindle Vilder was a fifth round pick graham and Shelley were both six rounders uh it, it's tough to get starter caliber production out of those picks and sure ryan pace has done that in the past but that's a lot of risk to be investing so much in these young corners who are pretty unproven uh in the grand scheme of things so the, the it's a long-winded way to answer the question i think that the Bears defense will be slightly better. I don't think it's going to be enough to live up to those 2018 hype though. I don't think quite that good because I have concerns about turnovers, but I do think at least the sack production and the pressures that the Bears are able to generate will be better. So I do feel confident in that going forward.
0: Yes, and you mentioned uh, the uh, uncertainty at the cornerback position, and that is in large part due to the fact that the Bears decided to Part ways with uh, Kyle Fuller uh, this offseason, and one of many uh, controversial moves that uh, Ryan Pace made. And uh, we talked on our last episode that we did together uh, about Ryan Pace and the selection of Justin Fields only earning him a reprieve as a Bears GM, not earning him any uh, long term security, just a, a temporary two, three year reprieve, so to speak. So back to Allen Robinson for a moment. He's clearly botched that situation. The fact that the bears reportedly are still stuck at $16 million per year for Allen Robinson, even though the franchise tag for wide receivers alone is $18 million. That is gross negligence, terrible mathematics, especially uh, when next year, when a lot of young wide receivers are going to hit the jackpot, most likely DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, and Allen Robinson's going to want to uh, get as much money as them, if not more uh, next year. So if, uh, the Bears actually let Allen Robinson walk for nothing. How much hotter should Ryan pace his seat be than it is right now?
1: Well, I feel like it should be hotter. Uh, it definitely would need to increase in that regard. And I definitely agree. I think the way that the Bears have handled this Allen Robinson situation has just been confusing to me. I don't understand why they just wouldn't pay someone who's very clearly one of the best receivers in the league, who's been productive without good quarterback play. Uh, I don't know why they let him walk, especially now that they have a great young quarterback who's on a rookie deal for cheap. Have a a true number one to ease him into the NFL game. That was a big thing. Trubisky's number one weapon in 2017 was Kendall Wright. And say what you want about what happened with Trubisky from there. A lot of different factors, but I do know that the supporting cast – in the coaching staff and on the offense that he had in his rookie year, definitely didn't do him any favors. I don't want to see that happen with Justin Fields again. And sure, when you look at Darnell Mooney, you look at Cole Komet, David Montgomery, all of them are going to be under contract in 2022. Uh, and then you could potentially get something out of Daz Newsom. But overall, like th- they wouldn't have a number one target if Allen Robinson left There'd be a massive drop off between him and then Mooney, and then an even bigger drop off between Mooney and everyone else, at least from what we've seen so far. So I, I do think that Ryan Pace's seat should get higher if that happens to be the case and they let Allen Robinson walk, especially because if they let Allen Robinson walk, they're more than likely gonna sign a wide receiver who isn't nearly as good. They're gonna still invest a lot of money in him to put up wide receiver two production maybe, And then use that extra money to sign average talent, which I don't believe in overpaying average talent. And I feel like that's something the Bears have done a a bit of, especially this offseason with Andy Dalton and Jermaine Affetti investing, you know, about $15 million in those deals. But yeah, 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 I I can go on and on and on about that. But yeah, I do think that Ryan Pace's seat should be hotter, you know, significantly hotter than it is right now if they do let Allen Robinson walk.
0: Completely agree. And as you mentioned, aside from Alan Robinson, the Bears have one of the deeper groups of pass catchers they've had in recent years. In free agency, they brought in Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird, who had some much needed juice and speed at that wide receiver position. And in the draft, they got a p- potential steal on day three, as you allude to, in Daz Newsome out of North Carolina. But the two young pass catchers I personally have my eye on are, as you mentioned, tight end Cole Comet and wide receiver Darnell Mooney. Which one of those two sophomores, so to speak, has the bigger breakout season? And how much does the answer to that question depend on who starts more games at quarterback?
1: That's a tough one. I think that Darnell Mooney does have more breakout potential simply because I look at a wide receiver who's dynamic, elite speed, already a crafty route runner who's who could make defenders miss after the catch. He's a perfect fit for what the modern NFL game is. And a lot of those guys, a lot of the receivers receivers who are excelling now especially younger ones a lot of them are guys who can get open and we see you know good amount of those speedsters excelling at the NFL level now but with Cole Komet I have no doubts that he's gonna not be bad I have doubts that he's gonna be anything more than just decent though simply because sure he ran well in a 40-yard dash but he's proven that he isn't great at consistently separating from man coverage, whether they line him out outside, put him in the slot. Uh, he has a little bit of issues with his crispness coming in and out of his breaks. And I think that that's something that'll limit his potential. Uh, and especially the presence of Jimmy Graham, he's there. They kept him around for a reason. They very easily could have cut bait and saved a lot of money, but they kept him around because they value that red zone pr- uh, presence and you know, say whatever you want about, okay, they were trying to get Russell, trying to appease to Jimmy Graham. But at that same time, after the whole Russell Wilson thing didn't work out, they kept on, they hung on to Jimmy Graham. So I think that shows that they value Graham a decent amount and they plan on having a role for him this year. So I think that's going to make it tougher for commit to great breakout year. I expect an uptick in production. That's for sure. But I think Mooney has a much clearer uh, breakout potential. And to answer the second part of your question, I think that depending on who plays quarterback, I could see the rookie, maybe Justin Fields, putting up uh, more numbers with a tight end because I know that tight ends are basically like the security blanket. And if Justin Fields like going through his checkdowns, just these big bodied Cole Komet there there is a solid, you know, second, third read as a uh, possession type of guy. I think that could be something to look forward to. Uh, But I think Dalton is going to be, I think Dalton might be a little bit more confident in uh, hitting it outside of the hash marks. Uh, And I, I could be totally off base on this because Justin Fields was a really good deep ball thrower in college. But I'm just thinking early on in his NFL career, you might not see the full ability to stretch the field. You might just see it in spurts. So I think that could, and that would be more likely to break out uh, than he would be otherwise if Andy Dalton stuck around for a while.
0: Oh, that is a very interesting um, analysis there. And uh, you could very well be off because uh when you look at Justin Fields and I think one of the main reasons why I believe Mark Schofield uh, compared him to Ryan Tannehill was that deep ball Tannehill doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he throws a pinpoint accurate deep ball. And you're going to see a lot of those this year with the Tennessee Titans with him, Julio Jones and AJ Brown. And uh, Justin Fields throws a a very similar kind of deep ball as Ryan Tannehill does. And Darnell Mooney is your uh, vertical stretcher. He's essentially the Tyree kill in this uh, bears uh, offense that uh, is modeled after the chiefs offense. And, uh, if uh, the Bears decide to let it rip with Justin Fields uh, early and often, uh, you could see Mooney explode this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Uh, I've, I've, I'm watching Justin Fields at Ohio State, his timing on the deep ball and just his overall placement, uh, the right shoulder hitting receivers in stride consistently. I think that he's one of the better deep ball throwers I've seen in you know quite some time. It's it's a matter of how quickly will that translate to the NFL because I'm confident it will. We'll just have to see exactly how much deep ball throwing we see of him early on in those first couple of weeks. But down the line, love that potential Fields to Mooney pairing. Uh, you mentioned the Chiefs offense; those similarities. I think that I, I don't want to compare Mooney directly to Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill's you know elite receiver. But in ju- in terms of just speed, just comparing speed, I think that there are similarities there and Mooney can fill that Tyreek Hill light kind of role for the Bears. And with Justin Fields proving that he can hit the deep ball, I think that that could be a nice connection to stretch the field in a way the Bears haven't been able to do in quite some time.
0: Indeed. And now to a fantasy football related question. Last season, the Bears breakout star on the opposite side of the ball was David Montgomery. Over the last six games of 2020, Montgomery went absolutely bonkers, scoring seven of his eight touchdowns on the year at totaling 824 yards from scrimmage. Even with Tariq Cohen coming back from injury and Super Bowl 54 hero Damian Williams now in the running back stable for the Bears, do you see David Montgomery having an even better season in 2021? And is he worth taking in the fourth or fifth round in fantasy football redraft leagues?
1: Yeah, so I think that we won't see as many touches out of David Montgomery. I mean, like you mentioned, Tariq Cohen coming back. I think that's going to eat a lot of passing reps from Montgomery. I tweeted it out uh, earlier today, actually, I think. Uh, He had 54 catches in the passing game in 2020. I think that that's more like 30 or 35 this year, and that's going to hurt his value in PPR leagues a little bit more. And maybe not as many carries, but I think if the offense is more efficient, we could see more touchdowns out of him. Because if the offense is able to put together those – those drives that can really march down the field, uh, because I think the Bears were bottom ten in terms of how many times they punted last year. So that just goes to show the efficiency that they more, more over lacked uh, what through the passing game or uh, stretching the field like that, or you know even in the run game to an extent. Uh, but I, I think Montgomery's worth looking at in the fourth round. I It it depends on how the ball falls. In the fifth round, I definitely consider taking him. I think at that rate, you're looking at a flex in most leagues. And if Montgomery's available there, I'm definitely taking him because even with Cohen being there, even with Damian Williams being there, I still think Montgomery takes a lion's share of the carries out of the backfield. And the Bears have proven that, sure, they'll have other running backs involved. But Tariq Cohen's more of a pass, catching, more of a pass catcher than he is an actual uh, traditional running back where he takes significant carries out of the backfield. And we don't know exactly what Damian Williams' role is going to be, but I figure that that's more so somewhere in the range of four to six carries a game. But yeah, I'm going – if you can get David Montgomery in the fifth round, that's incredible. But fourth round, I'd still consider it. Anything before then, I'd say don't go for it. But fourth, fifth round, you're looking at pure uh, running back two – upside. And I think that he definitely has that.
0: Yes. And you mentioned that with Tariq Cohn coming back, you do not see David Montgomery being as much of a factor in the passing game uh, this year as he was last season. Uh, do you think that diminishes his value in the fifth round more in PPR leagues?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, a little bit. I, I still think that he'll put up a decent amount of uh, reps in the passing game, maybe not nearly as many as he has past year, but I still think 30 is, it's a respectable enough number uh, for a running back. So I think that combined with his heavy workload in the run game will still make him It caps the ceiling a little bit, but I think that as an RB two, I think that's a pretty good value for him there in the fifth round.
0: And as I alluded to in the intro, the Chicago bears will begin training camp along with the rest of the national football league in the middle of next week. And what position battles, other than that quarterback battle between Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, that we obviously have spent a lot of time talking about, will you be keeping an eye on as the Bears start training yeah. camp?
1: I'll honestly be keeping an eye on the nickelback position because now that Buster Screen's gone, we've got a handful of guys who can step in, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, Duke Shelley saw some time there. Kendall Wilder's been projected by some as a potential nickelback. Uh, and Thomas Graham was also projected by many. Uh, in this year's draft cycle, as someone who can step in the slot and compete as a nickel at the next level. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out because, sure, Duke Shelley, this is his third year. This is Vindal's second year. But Vilder had a pretty limited amount of playing time, and Duke Shelley did as well. And he, I'd have to go back and check this. I, I don't think he played much at all. In his rookie year in 2019, so both of them are still pretty unproven. I think it's relatively even ground for Thomas Graham to and fight for that starting spot. But that's a position I'm looking forward to see because if the Bears can get a starter out of at least one of those guys, then you have a you can have a solid nickel corner for cheap. And considering how often the Bears run out of the nickel. Uh, you're going to get really good use out of that. So that's going to be really helpful down the line, but yeah, that's probably the position I'm looking forward to the most outside of quarterback.
0: Another position of intrigue for the bears is right. Tackle. And uh, yes, a lot of people have penciled in Jermaine Effetti as that center, but they did sign Elijah Wilkinson who spent the past couple of years with the Broncos, as I can attest to watching him with the Broncos. Uh, He's obviously nothing special, but he's more than serviceable and he can play some good games for you there. Uh, Would you be surprised if Elijah Wilkinson um, gives Jermaine Effetti a run for his money for that right tackle spot?
1: I would be a little bit. I do think Elijah Wilkinson has a pretty safe roster spot. I like him a lot as that swing tackle. Yeah. Uh, And I think he's a pretty good signing, all things considered. But I do think that it's a Fetty's job to lose, especially considering how high they are on him. Uh, Juan Castillo saying that he could have a breakout Pro Bowl year, which I don't know. I don't really get based off of what I've seen from him. But, I mean, if Castillo's been able to watch him uh, and sees that, then we'll see. But I think it's a Fetty's job at right tackle and – Wilkinson will probably see some playing time if injuries happen and then Larry Boreham out of Missouri the fifth round rookie I think could see some playing time but I think I think it's a Fetty's starting job and I think that barring an injury I think he's going to have that on lock for the most part.
0: He is Jacob Infante, ladies and gentlemen. WindyCityGridiron.com. You can follow him on Twitter at JacobInfante24. Jacob, thank you so much once again for joining us. But before I let you go, it's time to make some way too early predictions for the 2021 Chicago Bears. Who will be the 2021 MVP for the Chicago Bears? There are a handful of
1: guys that come to mind, but the first one that I go with is Khalil Mack. And I know that's probably the basic answer. Uh, but that's what I'm going to go with. I think that Khalil Mack is still one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Uh, even if his he hasn't been able to reach double digit stat lines over the last two years, I think that he's able to crack over 10 this year. Uh, simply because I think having a healthy Robert Quinn should help. I don't know exactly if he'll bounce back to what he was in Dallas, but I do think he'll be better than he was in 2020. Uh and then having Akeem Hicks healthy to generate pressure up the middle, Bilal Nichols, Mario Edwards, Eddie Goldman eating up space. I think that all those guys will be able to you know, help out in the passing game, draw some attention away from Khalil Mack. So I'm expecting a big year out of him. I think that you can make a strong argument for Allen Robinson or Roquan Smith, but Khalil Mack's the one that I'm going to go for here.
0: Yeah, and it's also important to consider, as I alluded to earlier, Khalil Mack was not 100% last year, so a fully healthy Khalil Mack is a double-digit sack, Leo Mack, indeed. Who will be the breakout player for the Bears in 2021?
1: I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney here. And yes, I know he had a really good rookie year, but I think that he's able to take the next step this year. I think that some of his deep threat potential is going to be able to be unlocked. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me right now. I saw something that had Andy Dalton as percentage-wise a top-10 deep ball thrower, uh, in the NFL last year and his time in Dallas. Uh, but either way, even if that's not true and I just completely mixed up that graphic with something else, uh, then I, I do think that Andy Dalton is a, a step up at quarterback and then Justin Fields, whenever he comes in, I'm positive is going to be a step up at what they had a quarterback last year. Give Darnell Mooney a full off season in the NFL to, you know, uh, study up on the playbook, prepare for the upcoming season. And I think that's going to be incredibly beneficial for him. I don't know exactly what kind of production to expect out of him, but I do think it's going to be, you know, even better than what he had as a rookie. So if he's able to stay healthy, I've got really high hopes for Darnell.
0: I do as well. Who will be the bounce back player for the Bears in 2021?
1: I think I'm going to go with Akeem Hicks. I was debating between that and James Daniels, uh, but I do think that if he's able to stay healthy. Uh, he still plays at a high level. Even if his numbers haven't necessarily been fantastic the last two years, he's been struggling through injuries. I think he could bounce back. I really do. And he looked pretty good in the beginning of the year, but started to uh, show some signs of slowing down. But I, I have hopes that he's going to be able to pick it back up. Whether he's going to be a pro bowl caliber interior dender again, I don't know. I personally don't think he does, but I do think that, We're going to see some more sacks out of him. He's still pressuring the quarterback well. He's still eating up gaps in the run game efficiently. It's just a matter of staying healthy and being able to consistently finish on those plays. I think we'll see a bit more of that this year.
0: So I think that Akeem Hicks is going to be able to bounce back a bit more in 2021. And last but not least, what do you think the Bears' final 2021 regular season record will be? What place in the NFC North will they finish in? And if they make the playoffs, what playoff seed will they be?
1: Yeah, I personally don't expect the Bears to make the playoffs this year. I just think that they have a schedule that combined with they still have some roster deficiencies. I think the offense could still use a little more firepower. I think that secondary is a little bit worrisome, Uh, but I don't think they'll be bad by any means. I think that with a a schedule as tough as they have it, I'm expecting eight and nine. I think that I'm going to go with this year now that they have the expanded schedule. I think they'll be second. I think they'll be second in the division. I think it's tight between them and the Vikings. I think talent-wise they're pretty similar, uh, at least on similar levels. So I'm going to go with eight and nine. I think they'll be second in the division. Uh, I think the Bears and Vikings record-wise they could range anywhere from uh, seven and ten to nine and eight. But I don't expect either of them to make the playoffs. I don't think the Bears will be able to just because of the sheer talent that they face out of especially the NFC West and the AFC North. I think that that's going to be a pretty big challenge for them this year. Uh, So, yeah, eight and nine is going to be my final answer for now. And then uh, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I do think in the divisions where
0: they'll end up. Thank you very much, Jacob, and that's it for today here on Sports Crunch, but stay tuned because next week, my main man, Mark Schofield, joins us for a special training camp preview, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to follow Jacob on Twitter at JacobInfonte24, and you can also follow me on Twitter at DCrom59 and Instagram at SportsCrunch with DCrom. For Jacob Infante, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as usual, stay awesome, stay safe, stay sane, and folks, all 32 NFL stadiums will be allowed to be at full capacity this fall. But if you don't want to wear a mask to the game, please get vaccinated if you haven't done so yet. Take care, cats and kittens, and stay cool.